The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madair, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is dedicated to your source of power. And today's topic is part of the Empowerment Series. It's called Creating and Defining Your Version of Success, my interview with Alexis Ray. Thank you, Dr. Shirley. Alexis Ray is a writer and a speaker who focuses on empowerment, especially that of women and youth, young girls. She has experience in the fashion industry and illustrious experience in the fashion industry, working with luxury brands, publications, and retailers on branding and creativity. In 2015, Alexis's philanthropic work awarded her a member of the New York Global Leaders Dialogue and an elite ambassador and contributor for Mogul, which is an award-winning tech platform that helps over 18 million women across 196 countries to share their ideas and experiences and to expand and grow and evolve and make the world a better place, which is exactly what Alexis is doing. Alexis has also created an interview series called Success Talk, and she has been um, so wonderful to honor me with her time, and she has also honored me with an invitation to do her interview for her success talk. So on today's podcast, we're going to do a little tete-a-tete, a little reciprocity talking. And so the way that we're going to proceed is that Alexis is going to start by asking me a question, and then I will alternate with her and ask her a question. And then we'll just go back and forth and get into a flow. And I think it'll be really fun and sexy. So I'm excited. Welcome, Alexis, and thank you for your time. Thank you, Dr. Shirley. I'm so excited to be here. It is an honor to be able to uh, have a conversation with you about what empowers us and what success means to us. I'm ready. Let's do it. Please. So uh, what inspired you to become a surgeon? You know, it's very interesting. I know you sent me the questions in advance and I saw them like I saw the questions (laughs) and I read them to be like, oh, yeah, these are great questions. And I gave no thought to them whatsoever. So (laughs) FYI, (laughs) we're on the same page. We're on the same page. So this is truly coming from the inside, no preparation, spontaneous. And I think it'll make it much more fun. I agree. I actually ask these questions all the time and I don't have answers myself. So we're both freestyling. here. (laughs) It's great. So what inspired me to become a surgeon? The short answer is that not that I need to give a short answer, but I was a ballet dancer. 
And I think dancing ballet for many years, for me, was probably, if I look at it and try to dissect it, pun intended, was probably an expression of my love for the human body and how it works. I'm always and have always been fascinated by the way things work. And I think there is a book out there called The Way Things Work. And I always wanted it as a child. I never got it. But anyway, <laughs> I love the way things work. I have such an appreciation for the human body and how fascinating we it is in the way that we're all put together and how we think and feel and act and organs. And I, I was just always nerding out on that. So I went to ballet school and became a ballet dancer and learned more about how the human body works. And then I got to a point where I thought, okay, this is great, but I need more. And I hate to say it, but I, I kind of became intellectually not stimulated <laughs> with, with dancing ballet. And I probably really wasn't good enough to become an ultimate professional anyway. So all things happened for a reason. I transitioned into more academic ways of studying the human body and that involved biology. So then went into biology and frankly, my love and interest and passion for the human body and how it works continued to grow. And I found my way to medical school and then general surgery and then plastic, fantastic plastic <laughs> surgery. So here I am. Wow. <laughs> Well, that's really inspirational. Um, Thank you. I love that. But it was a process for sure. And um, I didn't have it mapped out. I did go with the flow. But I think for me, what was always important was what would make me or help me to feel as if I were thriving? What would I want to wake up in the morning and feel as if, yes, I'm ready to do this. I can't wait to do this. And granted, not every day is like that. Not every day is like that. But overall, I love what I do. And I really feel blessed to be able to do it and to do it well and to be able to make my contribution to making the world a more beautiful place one person at a time. So it was always important for me to feel that I was loving what I was doing. And if it ever felt differently, I thought, okay, then I'm not going that route. So I think that's how I went from one step to the other to the other without even having any foresight as to where I would end up. And I'm here. <laughs> which I appreciate and I'm grateful for. Now, what led you to work with empowering women and girls? I know we need people like you. So what led you into that field and what motivated you? It was honestly my experience of needing to be empowered that helped me realize if this is what I need to push myself forward, how many other women and girls need this. Um, and while we are in a time that we are Social media and, and media within itself gives us a lot of access into images of women, but there's still not enough representation. And so I felt, why not start to create representation of women across all industries uh, that are being successful in their lives and, and also to highlight what success means outside of just your professional endeavors because society has taught us that success is really just professional. And a lot of people are misled because they only pursue professional success and then their personal lives are in shambles. And I don't believe that you can truly be successful professionally if you aren't successful personally. As you mentioned, you know, you should wake up and love what you do. And some days are, are tougher than others. So, you know, we're human and we're going to yeah. have differences. But um, if you cannot enjoy yourself personally, I think it makes it a bit difficult to enjoy the professional success as well. So uh, realizing every time I saw someone that looked like me doing something remotely close to what I, I wanted to do, okay. it made me want to do it more. And, more. and it gave me that approval mm. to 
do it because you see someone that looks kind of like you kind of doing it. And so it made me, again, just think how many women and girls feel this way that aren't seeing themselves, um, that may have unconventional dreams Mm -hmm. and they don't have a roadmap because they don't see anyone who's done it before them. So I immediately started to um, consider how I could translate that into the world. Um, And then it came my experience in business. Uh, Working with a lot of men, it wasn't that pleasant. And some men are pleasant in business. I'm not going to say all, but I realized that my experience working with women in business versus working with men in business was totally different. Mm. So I decided to... Um, celebrate my women yeah, and again put them on a platform to represent for other women and girls yes. and to, to help us all figure it out right. one by one telling our stories and, sa- and and sharing what it is that helps us to thrive what yes. it is that motivates us who motivates us who said that one thing to us that really made a difference in our perspectives about ourselves and, and the path of life that we were on. Right. We have a lot in common. Um, having worked with um, a lot of men or predominantly male in predominantly male industries and then n- initially not seeing anyone who looked like ourselves. I mean, for most, shall I say all? No, I'm going to say for most of my surgical training, I didn't see anyone who looked like me. And for a while, uh, when people asked me, what do you do? And I would say, I'm a plastic surgeon. And, you know, all sorts of weird, you know, looks and responses came from the other person. I would just sort of blow it off and say, yeah, 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 I'm an anomaly. But then that was really um, dismissive of all of my efforts. And it was really um, unfair uh, to be able to put that word out there to describe what I had been doing, what I have done, what I continue to do. So I really applaud you for taking that experience and turning it into something positive and something um, that you can create to help people feel more aspired and inspired to do what you've done and beyond. And beyond. And so and I also really feel applaud like they belong. you. Yeah, and to feel as if they belong. Because for the longest time throughout surgical training, I did not feel as if I belonged. And let me tell you, there were many people who let me know that I didn't belong in so many ways. So it took so much effort and support from my family, from my friends, and, and just inner dialogue to assert that I was there for a reason. Exactly. And it wasn't for nothing. It was exactly. to help make the world a better place and maybe to help, you know, that person who is antagonistic really see and think about what they were saying and doing and ask them to question themselves. Oh, do you really want to say this to this young lady? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So. All right. What has been the most impactful moment of your career so far? Oh, my goodness. I really should have read these questions and thought about this. <laughs> Most impactful. I've had so many moments of impact, positive impact, and I'll, and I'll dare say negative impact because it may initially start off as negative, but in the end, it was meant for you to grow and evolve. So in the end, it was positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very interesting that we're sitting here in New York City having this interview and outside there, you know, all the sirens going off because it's sirens. People need help. You know, emergency, <laughs> not emergency. We're helping. We're talking about healing. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. <laughs> so I, di- I digress. <laughs> but um, most impactful, I'd have to think about that. I know I've had several impactful moments. And, and one of them was actually on my medical school interview. I went on my medical school interviews in full on, like, surely alter ego, alter ego persona. I tend to, you know, have a little flashy 
you know, style sometimes. For the most part, I'm, I'm relatively conservative. But for this interview at Dartmouth Medical School, I think I wore all black, a suit, of course, maybe with a white shirt, black suit. Yes, it was black suit. I think it was Dolce & Gabbana suit, <laughs> white shirt. And I had on a wide-brimmed, fabulous black hat that I refused to take off for the entire interview. And it's interesting. The reason why I say this was impactful, it was because I went there thinking, I'm not sure if Dartmouth, you know, the very traditional Ivy League institution would take me anyway, so why not just put it all out there and let them know who they would <laughs> potentially get or miss? So I put it all out there with my outfit, and I did a very, I think, you know, respectful and elegant interview. I, you know, I was serious about my medical studies and lo and behold, I got accepted. So it was impactful for me because I thought, you know what, surely be you, just be you. No need to impress, just put it out there who you are and someone <laughs> may appreciate it. So that was impactful for me. And then on the flip side, when I was me during some times of residency, it wasn't always appreciated. So that was also impactful because it has a significant effect on how I thought about myself. And then it took years for me to sort of get, get that back, get my mojo back. So that was a second impactful moment. And then another impactful moment was getting into um, plastic surgery residency and, you know, doing thousands, actually hundreds of cases and really feeling supremely confident about what I was doing and another and getting awards and oh my gosh, I've been blessed. <laughs> so a lot of impactful um, moments and I continue to work to continue to have some more, I guess. Yes. So thank you for asking that question. It You're really give, gave me an opportunity to think about how blessed I am and how grateful I am for all the great things and the not so great things that have happened in my life. Exactly. Now, what has been the most impactful moment of your career or many moments? Moments also. Um, and I tend to be driven by disappointment. Mm. And so I think it would so the first would be the first disappointment that uh, forced me to move to New York ah. because I decided I'm totally unhappy. And if I stay right where I am, I'm going to decline. Which is where? I was in Baltimore, Maryland, which okay. is where I'm from. Okay. Um, and not that there is an opportunity to thrive there, but yeah. I knew that I was at a crossroad in my life. And as disappointed and sad as I was, yeah. either I'm going to go for my dreams or I'm never going to go for my dreams. That right. was essentially what that moment did to me. So it was dire. It was. You felt compelled. It was. And then subsequently uh, moving here, starting two companies, which I then left both of them. And they, it was devastating both times. Mm. Um, I lost friends both times. Wow. And the reason why I say those things are most impactful is because in those moments I saw myself be willing to get back up. Mm -hmm. Be willing to say, but this is not the end of my story. Of course. And this is not a setback. Right. This is a setup for success. That's and right. success is mine. And I'm going to continue to go after it no matter what. And... Um, here I am now, Success Talk is my own independent venture, which I love, and I'm still able to connect with so many women because I believe that was what uh, influenced me to partner with young women to start other ventures. Yes. Uh, I'm still able to collaborate with women, but it's just a different spirit that I bring to it now because, well, one, I've had those mishaps. Um, and I won't call them mishaps because I do think that they were blessings in disguise, and um, we have to stop thinking that uh, blessings are always just positive right. occurrences. Right. Um, all things 
I believe, lead to your greatest good. And it's just a matter of holding faith in that part. Yeah, which is hard. And then fi- it is it is <laughs> difficult. It takes some skills. Mm-hmm. You definitely got to practice, yes. which, again, is a part of the process, right? right. I, I pretty much viewed all of those instances as, okay, I can practice. Like, yeah. this is a chance for me to practice my integrity, for me right. to practice my resilience, for right. me to practice my bravery, for me right. to practice my confidence. Like, they were... The, Looking at them now, they were very, very, very important parts of my life that I needed Mm -hmm. to experience. And I'm so grateful for that because I love the woman that I am now. And if I hadn't gone through those things, I wouldn't be who I am. That's special. So for you, it seems like the, the drama spurs you to go through the fire. But when you go through the fire, you come out like a phoenix rising. Exactly. Every single time. You don't get diamonds without pressure. Hello. <laughs> we can talk about diamonds another time. <laughs> but I'm going to quote you on that. A setback may be a set up for success. I think that's brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Um, what has been your greatest challenge in your career so far? The same way that I have had transformational moments and positively um, impactful times in my life, I have definitely had some challenges in my life. And again, they've been they've been numerous. But thankfully, while they have been dramatic, they have never been so detrimental or so um, life altering that, to your point, I couldn't shift my perspective and get back up or slide over because sometimes you can't get up. Sometimes you need to slide over. Mm. And I've had a lot of instances where I needed to slide over and make a lateral move before I could make the move upward and get back up and say, okay, you tried, but you didn't quite get me. (laughs) So maybe next time I'll be better prepared. And I think ultimately, without necessarily going through the list of those challenges, but ultimately those challenges have taught me that I always have a choice. I always have a choice in how I respond and not necessarily react to the situation or to the challenge. And therefore, while something may be happening to me or some people in the spiritual spiritual world may say, while some things I invited into my life... I ultimately have to take responsibility, not necessarily for those things happening or fully, but I have to take responsibility for how I'm going to respond to that challenge and therefore make a change within me, maybe not the other person, but within me. So there's always that opportunity. And in that opportunity in how I respond is the responsibility to myself and perhaps to others. So that's what those challenges taught me. And I think that's really important and has been and remains important in my life, whether I'm dealing with, you know, patients, uh, I'm dealing with personal relationships, family, friends, it doesn't matter. There's always, I believe, an opportunity to do something differently and have a different outcome based on the choices that you make. Absolutely. I love that. Um, you said sometimes you have to slide over. You yeah. may not necessarily be able to get back up. And that kind of has been the experience that I've had since I resigned from my last company, um, which was March of last year, 2018. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to roll right into answering the question. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm finally starting to get back up. But it took me having to slide over, and I didn't even realize that, but I did have to make lateral moves to feel capable yeah. because that one knocks me down. That particular uh, challenge was very, it just came at, at not 
it wasn't the best time in my life for right. it to happen. You weren't right? necessarily prepared. Exactly. Are we ever really? No, we're right. not. And, right. um, you know, to feel so comfortable in your life and then it turns into a transformative moment. Yeah. It's like, what's what? happening here? Yeah. <laughs> did this really have to happen this way? Right now? <laughs> Today? <laughs> and so, yes, I did. I did have to slide over. Yeah. I did. And I even had to take a nap. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like did. That. I had to take a nap. And I needed to go within and I needed to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um and I needed to choose how I was going to respond. Right. Choose. choose. I had to be extremely aware. That's right. Because I'm an adult now. Yeah. And I've had this entrepreneurial spirit for a really long time. So, you know, it's okay when you're a kid and you trash something. Not that idea doesn't work. <laughs> I'm throwing it in the trash. But yeah. as an adult, when you've invested so much into a vision that is really a part of you, mm-hmm. and then you have to uh, reroute. Yeah. It can be difficult. Redirect. Yeah. Yes. It can be difficult. It can be gut-wrenching at times. Yes. And... I survived that. Yes, you did. I survived that. And, and are flourishing. I am flourishing. I'm thriving. I love myself even more for doing it because yeah. when I first did it, I was like, do I regret this? Mm. And I don't. And right. I didn't. But when you're in fear, yes, all of those unwanted thoughts That's just right. flood you. And the questions. The questions, the yeah. doubt, yeah. Um, the blame. Of course. The victim. Yeah. The perpetrator, yeah. all of it, all those, all it's those personalities, there. exactly. And you know, being able to find and hold on to that true voice. Yeah. Well, you are in the right place. Thank you. At the right time, always for what you need right now. Exactly. I'm going to have to quote myself. Yeah. Hashtag lateral moves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I believe your question is next, my dear. Okay. Um, what was your dream career as a girl? Woo, I had a few of those. (laughs) I definitely wanted to be a ballerina. And I did that. And it was a lot of hard work, but I loved it. And I think, again, it helped me to feed my curiosity about the human body and ultimately about beauty and the way that things work. But I think at one point I wanted to be a backup dancer for whom, I don't know, I just love dancing, um, ballet, freestyle, anything. I, I, (laughs) I, I wanted to be a backup dancer for somebody. And now I just do it, you know, in my shower. (laughs) <laughs> backup dance for my husband and my dog um let's see what was another one another um dream career it always involved travel okay it always involved travel um because I have a serious case of wanderlust and for me traveling is is another way to learn so I often saw myself just traveling wherever I was and whatever I was doing backup dancer you know plastic surgeon ballet dancer I was I was traveling I love that. Yeah. So now um, traveling, I think, is my side hustle. <laughs> it's funny because I can see a little Shirley break dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, I, I like the clothes, um, you know, the streetwear. The B-boy clothes. <laughs> right. But I could, I just couldn't imagine getting on top of my head. I'm very, you know, I'm very tender headed. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, spin on my head. I wasn't that athletic. I mean, I danced ballet. I played volleyball. I, you know, I ran. I, I played tennis, but I just wasn't hip-hop breakdancing athletic <laughs> enough to get down on my head and spin, but I was enthralled by it. You were way more athletic than I was. Oh, boy. I was, oh, my God, double dutch. No, jumping. Double dutch. I was serious. I was serious about double dutch. I was serious about and I was, you know, timing it just right to get, you know, to get in between the rope so you don't get, you know, thrashed mm-hmm. with the rope. Woo! Mm-hmm. And then skipping and turning around and doing your chant. It was great. Yes. 
I, in elementary school, loved double dutching so much that I created this competition called Queen of the Ropes. I love that. And guess who was Queen of the Ropes? You were. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I love that. Queen of the Ropes. I think I set it up. Please bring it back. Please bring it back. Okay, maybe you and I will find a gym, a few participants, and we'll see what happens. Queen of the Ropes. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, so my turn. When I was a young girl, also yes. wanted to be a few things. Yes. Um, one, I wanted to be an A and R for music. Okay. Um, I love music, yes. still do, and yes. I still question um, what I'm going to do with it because my inner creative self will not let me not do something with music. music. So that's we'll talk yes. about that when it happens. Yes. Um, I also I wanted to be a, a style icon, which is still very true. Yes. I'm not necessarily a profession, but later, once I gave up my music dreams, yeah. I went into being a fashion stylist, which there is how go. I ended up in the business of fashion right. now. Right. Um, and what else? I don't know. I wanted to be a teacher at one point, which I do feel are. like, exactly, I feel yeah. like I have found my way of teaching. Yes. And um, what else did I want to be? I think that's... Pretty solid list for yeah, now. Yeah, that's pretty solid. That's and a mom. Yeah. 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 Definitely want to be a mom. Coming. Since I was a kid, I remember just being like, six kids, I have to. I still want six, but I don't have to have them all naturally. <laughs> at the same time, right? Or and naturally. definitely not at the same time. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Soon come. <laughs> exactly. Does your husband Christopher know about that dream? He's waiting. Oh. He's, he's waiting on me. He's more ready than I am. Okay. Well, Everyone's more ready than I am, actually. Okay. <laughs> Everything in divine precision. Exactly. Seriously, divine I agree. precision. I agree. Okay. So what is the greatest advice that you've received from another woman? And then I'll answer your question. The greatest advice I've received from another woman would be from my mother. Mm -hmm. And she always tells me whenever I am comparing myself to someone else, um, she always says like, at one point I I would always say, oh, I want to be the next Oprah Winfrey. And she's like, no, you're the next Alexis Ray. Right. And she never lets me forget that. And I think that's one of the most precious things she's ever said to me because it always shifts my perspective back into my own power. Yes. And allows me that freedom to explore what my power is versus solely defining it it upon someone else's uh, vision or their realization of their dreams. So, uh, yeah, I would have to say that is the best advice I've ever received from a, a woman just basically her encouraging me to stay true to you because what you have to offer while you may not know what it is it is special and yeah. the world needs it just as much as they need miss oprah winfrey yes or yes <laughs> hashtag oprah yes. i would agree with you my mom also i've been very grateful and blessed to have the advice of a lot of female mentors in my life and actually a lot of male mentors as well. And I, and I take all that advice personally, and I, but I take some of that advice and I really think about it and dissect it and, and then apply it for whether or not it's appropriate to me. The, the things that I remember the most definitely came from my mom. And she often told me when I was younger, tell me who your friends are and I will tell you who you are. And it's very interesting that to this day when I meet people, half of my friends, I don't know what they do for a living. And that doesn't mean that I'm not interested. It's just that I've been so, and I remain so much more interested in the person and who they are more so than what they do. Now, clearly, I do know what a lot of them do. But for me, it's always been about um, who are you really? So my mom always told me that, and, and I remember that. And then, similarly... 
whenever I was having challenges and I, she would ask me, how's it going? And I'd tell her about a difficult time. She would just stop and pause and then ask me, do they know who you are? And do you remember who you are? It's like, oh my goodness. And every time I tell that story, it really makes me kind of well up because it's so true. You can have so many situations where people are telling you what they think about you or people are telling you what they think you should do, but you just always have to take in a deep breath and remember who you are. That's so important. Um, And you reminded me, remember who you are from The Lion King is one of the greatest reminders of my life. And I'm so happy Lion King re-released this year. Yes. Uh, I have a little stuffed Simba that sits on my bookshelf that I look at every morning that reminds me to remember who I am. And then one of my mentors, um, she taught me to move in grace. She always says that. Love that. She's like move in grace yes she'll she'll let me know what's going on or I'll tell her what's going on and then it's like one of her closing monikers move in grace and that the first time she said it to me I I promise you like the weight of the world just released from my shoulders I was like I do have that option don't I we always have that option (laughs) and in New York City sometimes you can forget this is a very busy city how can you have grace on the subway (laughs) (laughs) how can you have grace on the sidewalk at like 3 p.m. And depending on what neighborhood you're in with all yes. the tourists, you know, yeah. so being told to move in grace really helped me to just kind of settle. Yeah. And not be so anxious. I love that. And it's very interesting how we move through life. And sometimes if we're lucky enough, we have these little reminders to just allow us to pause and remember that life is a gift and life is precious. And we really are in control. We really are in control of how our lives proceed. And it may not seem that way because things are happening and things are happening to us and around the world, but there's always a little corner. There's always a a big area within you and there's always a little corner outside of you that you can influence for the better. Absolutely. And then before we move from this question, there's one thing that I have recently started telling myself, which is to tell yourself that you love yourself. Yes. When's the last time you've done that? A lot of people are so caught up in life and whatever life entails for them that they don't take a moment and just say, I love you, no matter where you are in your life, whether you're at a high, you're at a low, you're unsure. You should still love yourself. Because you know what? I think a lot of people turn away from the, the whole concept of self-love because it sounds, I don't want to say hokey, but it sounds woo-woo. It does sound woo-woo. And I love woo-woo. I'm all about woo-woo. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but I think maybe we've, I can't say trained, but we've accommodated to the idea that love should come from the outside. And we're waiting to hear it from someone else to affirm our beings and to validate our existence. When in actuality, it really has to come from within first before you can receive it properly from the proper people who properly is, should is, be in your life. Keyword, right. yeah. proper. Pro- a proper loving, <laughs> a proper self-love. Right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. I believe it's your turn, Miss uh, Ray. Who is your female role model? Oh my gosh, I definitely should have reviewed these questions. <laughs> I know, I don't know mine either. I love so many ladies. I love so many women. And I'm straight, okay? But I love same, same, so same. many women. We're but listen, married, who cares, right? Fluid, either way, who cares? 
You've just listened to part one of Forever Fab podcast. Please stay tuned for part two. Coming up next. <laughs>